0: Welcome everyone to the college parent podcast. My name is Shelby.
1: My name is Keelan. And we want to thank you all for joining us today. On today's episode, we're going to be interviewing Hannah Peterson and discussing the wellness wheel and the ways that you as a parent can engage with your student. Let's go ahead and dive into some of this.
0: Welcome Hannah to the college parent podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, Hannah, we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Um, could you give us an overview of the wellness wheel? Yeah, so it,
2: the wellness wheel—you um, can almost think of it as just every person has um, areas in their life that you can almost think of as you can think of it as a wheel, or um, just ways that we take care of ourselves and ways that we are um, sort of healthy and and filled up and and functioning as healthy human beings. And um, I oftentimes talk about it as emotional, physical, mental, social, and spiritual. You can also consider it as, uh, you can also add in financial and environmental in there, Um, which really, if if you kind of think of it in a wheel, um, if you are taking care of yourself on all these levels, emotional, intellectual, physical, social, environmental, financial, and spiritual, then you'll most Likely, if all of those areas are getting attention and care in your life, you're going to most likely feel. Um, generally, everyone's going to feel pretty balanced and like they're doing well.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you make a good, a great point in that. To you, it sounds like maybe five of those are really salient in the way that you talk to students, mm-hmm. and these these seven feel like maybe to different students or different parents they feel like they you know, maybe financial matters more if they're paying a lot in Mm -hmm. student loans or anything like that. When we're, Mm -hmm. when we're talking with parents and as parents hear this, what would you name as like ways that they could see what their students need to hear from them? How could they ask these questions to say like, Hey, are you well X? How do they broach that topic?
2: Yeah. So I think that's a really good question and it's going to vary. I think that, um, Every family system have different communication styles. I imagine that there's some families that are really open about what's going on financially and um, really have a good emotional dialogue. And right, some families maybe are more intellectual and really social and um, physical, but they're not necessarily in the emotional and spiritual. So I think that that's also that's something to consider as parents. Really thinking first about what's your family system look like, and and where where are your strengths as a family system in your family system, and where are the weaknesses, and then and then kind of going at it from that that angle. I would I would because it's going to be different for everyone, and there's most likely some parents are going to have a really great easy time talking about some things, and a more difficult time talking about other things, and so the more that you can kind of lean into those difficult conversations, really truly, that's going to be the most supportive for the student, because that's where you start to help them build maybe the skills that they weren't able to build in the family system as they move into into college and kind of taking things on their their own. I also think it's something um, it's important to consider, you know, maybe as a parent, you notice that you have an easier time having a conversation about emotions and your child doesn't necessarily want to talk about that. So there also might be a difference in what each, what a parent might see as important and where they feel like they want to, they want their children to be their students rather to be, um, strong and full in their buckets. And maybe their students feel really confident about that. And they don't, they don't really feel like that's what needs attention in their life. So I think that's also another thing to consider when talking to students is what's important to the student, not necessarily what's important to the parents, because that's going to make a big difference for them too. Um, does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely does. That's a, I mean, I think that's great advice because even when I go home for breaks, my parents want to talk about things differently than I do. So it's great to hear that even at this age, like I'm, I'm 29 for context, uh, <laughs> even for mm-hmm. this, like we need to hear those things. So that's really good. You did a, a cursory glance and look over this. Could you talk about the seven components of the wheels for us just for more context?
2: When you think about this wheel, uh, emotional... Uh if you think about these different areas of your life of kind of like self-care or or making sure that you're healthy in these areas um maintaining a healthy emotional life is important to overall overall health so some ways to stay emotionally healthy are to manage your stress level to stay on top of school work to get eight hours of sleep uh, school work or just work in general um asking for help um talking about what's going on emotionally so speak seeing a therapist or some sort of mentor talking um talking to someone that you feel safe speaking with about what's going on for you emotionally. So really emotional is just addressing how you're feeling and and how that's relating to all of the other areas. So every every bucket or kind of sp- Every section of the wheel is going to relate to everything else. So how you're feeling emotionally is going to be directly related to what's going on in your mind, how you're thinking and, and how you're moving your body and what's going on socially and, and maybe even what's happening um, financially or environmentally or spiritually for you. So that's also something to consider is um, checking in with one is going to also kind of inform what's can give you information, on what's going on with the other. Um, Intellectually taking care of yourself is just staying curious and engaged in learning new things, so engaging in creative activities, reading for pleasure or being aware of social and political issues, joining a club um, that focuses focuses on enhancing intellectual interests. So really what we're talking about on taking care of yourself on an intellectual or sort of mental level is giving your mind new things to explore and, and inspiration. So we can get really stuck in patterns, especially if things aren't going well or we're stressed out. And so giving your brain that right brain activity, that part of your brain that's creative and wants to explore and play um, an outlet is going to be really important in, in in helping to maintain balance there and and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, And some people I would say that maybe need to have more, less right brain stimulation and more left brain stimulation. So structure of like, you know, kind of doing things that are going to um, kind of get that part of your brain up and running. And really it's just going to be um, kind of tailored to the individual and figuring out what each individual person needs. Physical wellness involves moving your bodies, really just eat and eating well, balanced meals, sleeping, managing stress, receiving preventative medical and dental care, making sure that you're taking care of your body. And something to consider with this, especially for college students, they're coming out. A lot of students in high school, uh, middle school, high school, their sleeping patterns are just kind of really challenged because their tendency is to want to sleep in because they are night owls. When you're at that age, from a brain development perspective, they're night owls. But they're being asked to wake up really early, and then there's still there's still this urge to there's still this urge to stay up late, and so that kind of kind of see that happening in college too, where there's this the sleep patterns get really messed up, and that is that affects everything. So the more that sleep hygiene can be addressed for everyone, specifically college age students and high school, I mean, anybody who's got brain development going on specifically like middle school, high school students, so, so, so important. So if, you, <laughs> if there are any parents out there, just to, the more that you can do to support um, healthy sleep hygiene, the, the, the better from from my perspective.
1: Are you saying naps are okay, Hannah, if they want to take I'm a nap? I'm saying,
2: I'm saying that if you have yeah yeah if you if you need a nap you need to take a nap yeah and I mean there's plenty of I also teach yoga and I've led mindfulness here on campus and if somebody falls asleep that just means your body needs to fall asleep you know it's kind of like I had teachers in high school thank goodness that if someone fell asleep in class you didn't really necessarily get in trouble because that's just what's going on in your body just physiologically that's what's I mean it's just important for students to be getting sleep so
1: and um, you're not yes. just lazy oh. that's so important no. you're not just lazy for taking no. a nap they're no. important.
2: It's, yes, I think that's, that's it's, it's interesting, this sort of productive, this productivity mindset, this goal oriented mindset can get in the way of self care. And it's I don't, just resting and taking naps and sleeping and making sure that you're getting what you need and listening to your body is really important. Now, if you're sleeping all the time, that's something to be paying attention to. So I, I mean, and I'm saying that from a physical perspective, you know, if you're not, if there's, if there's an imbalance in any one of these, your body's going to give you information. And if you're, if you're tired all of the time, then, you know, maybe there's some other, there's some other things that need to be looked into and tended to. So that's, that's something to consider. Although I will say that, you know, the older I get, the more exhausted I get on regular. I don't know. I don't know that I ever feel fully rested anymore. Um, I don't know about you all, but um, so social is another, uh, so we've talked about emotional, intellectual, physical, social is social wellness, having a strong social network. I w- and I want to just say that again, I'm, I'm probably going to just sound like a broken record on this. This is different for everyone. Some people are extroverts and they have lots of different friend groups and uh, they're, they are e- it's easy for them to connect and make friends. And some people just have a core, two to three people and that's what feels good to them. And some people right find find themselves somewhere in the middle. So it's really important to know what does a what's a healthy social network for you. So some parents might say, you know, my kid's not very social and I'm worried about them. And it's like, well maybe your child just isn't connect doesn't connect with people the way that you do. And so that's something to consider too is what is what's what does that mean for each individual person? So having a healthy um, social network, what does that mean? And how do you kind of support that for yourself and make sure that you you have access to, um, a social network. Um, social networks are really important in that they can give you support and guidance when you are stressed out or need, um, stress relief. And also those relationships can aid in the development of healthy, of, of just healthy relationships, um, sort of familial and, um, not just interpersonal, but also loving relationships. So it's just really important to have that social network, um, kind of making sure you're tending to that. Environmental wellness uh, is another area of self-care, so taking care of your global environment and your personal surroundings, decluttering your room, recycling your trash or volunteering to help clean up your environment can improve health for all. I mean, getting out in nature, science, it's, science, scientifically it's proven just to help calm the nervous system. So going for walks, getting outside, making sure that you're waking up and getting some of that early morning sun on your, on your retinas is really, really important with um, just making sure you're feeling good, but also just making sure you're in touch with the environment and your, your natural surroundings is really good for your well-being. Financial uh, health is another area. So making sure that you are living within your financial means, um, you're planning for future financial health and creating a budget and learning how to be a good consumer. So, again, that's going to be different for everyone. I don't know that this is something that's really covered for a lot of students. I think some students have families that really have managed that for them for a long time. And I think that there are some students that come in and they've had to manage their own and their families for themselves. And then there's everybody who kind of lands somewhere in the middle. But it's this is the time period in every person's life, this sort of these four to five years of college college life where students start to kind of emerge as their own person and kind of naturally and and typically sort of untangle themselves from their family system and try to figure out who they are and how they want to move forward into the into the World And so as parents, really talking to your students about what that means for them and how they want to have a financial life moving forward, because it might look very different than their families. And then spiritual. And this is, again, another area of of just self-care. So spiritual wellness is a process of understanding beliefs, values, and ethics that help guide one's life. Whatever your preferred approach, spending time asking, exploring your spiritual life can be an important part to your overall well-being. It's also an area that can be very stressful um, and stress-inducing for students who have been raised in, in one way and then they're coming into their freshman seminar class and taking religion courses and they're being exposed to things that they maybe never have been before. So having a conversation just in a, pre- a preparatory conversation about that can be really helpful for students before they come to campus and also just supportive and that students are going to grow and they're going to be exposed to new things and they're going to be challenged in their in their spirituality and their faith and and the more supportive conversations that can be had in that in that arena the the better for from a from a well-being perspective um that's just something, you know, the more open conversations that can be had about that, the better, um, just because it just, it'll just allows a softer landing place for, you know, this is a time when people are, are finding that they're, they're feeling like they're making a lot of mistakes or they're confused or they're afraid to do something wrong. And so the more that um, mistakes can be opportunities to learn and, and, and there can be an open dialogue about all of this sort of self-care, this, this individual wellness wheel, the better. Did I answer your question?
1: Yeah, y- yeah definitely. And it's one of those things where, Shelby, I don't know how much you experience this, but sometimes it's hard for students to vocalize those things, right? They, mm-hmm. they feel them because they've never—their faith, like you mentioned, Hannah, has always been tied to their parents or their area. And the same thing with money, right? Like my, mm-hmm. my financials are just my parents. But mm-hmm. then I get on campus, and I have these dining points— and I can get bacon on my Chick Fil A sandwich every day for three weeks, and I don't have any more declining points for the rest of the semester, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes I feel like if if parents were willing to push back or push through some of the like initial like awkwardness that can come from trying to talk to your students about that, there's some good stuff that lies underneath.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I will also say that there, it's very true, especially in this, in this age range, this sort of final years of the prefrontal, the the brain development stage, you know, we've got this prefrontal cortex, there's um, a pruning process. So they're moving out of puberty when they sort of people have these explosive, you know, like, like outbursts, and they're feeling one thing, one moment, and the next, like, just did you kind of like turn a sharp corner, and then you're feeling something entirely different the next, right? That's kind of all toning down, there is still this kind of final forming process that's happening in the brain, which just means that students are going to make mistakes. It's just part of the way that it's going right now for, you know, in, in, I mean, we all do for the rest of our lives, but right now there's a, it's a huge, it's a learning curve. It's for a lot, for some of these students in a really big way, which just means that students might come to campus and freshman year, sophomore year, junior year fall flat on their face. You know, they might spend all their points and they, they'll be like, I didn't have this problem. My freshman and sophomore year, why in my junior year am I having this problem? It's just part of each individual student's process. And so I I also would encourage parents to just to be really open to the to their students tripping and falling and allowing that to happen and practicing that acceptance for their students modeling acceptance for their students that that's going to happen because the more you can model that the easier it's going to be for your student to have that for themselves and then the faster that sort of learning process can go the less struggle and fight happens Um, because the more that any and this is true for anybody the more we beat ourselves up the longer the process takes. So the more we can support ourselves and each other through that sort of learning process,
0: the better. Something you've said a few times that I can really appreciate is um, that this is different for every person, for every family, for every student um, that we work with and that you get to interact with as well. But if you had to pick three specific components of the wellness wheel that you think parents should talk about with their students, what would those three components be? Honestly, so this is a really hard question for me
2: to, to answer. And I, I don't know. I, I wonder what, I wish I knew what my colleagues would say, to be honest in this, because my knee-jerk reaction to that is, um, is to say that I, I, I really can't pick because it's going to be so, it's going to be different for everybody. There are going to be some students who really, it's going to be really important for them to focus on physical, uh, emotional, and social. And then there's some students who, really focusing on financial is and environmental is going to support their emotional in, intellectual and social. My, my answer to that question is having an honest conversation with your, with oneself and with your student about what are the areas that if they aren't do, going well, everything else is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then that's what you can choose for yourself to make sure that you are, you are tending to, I would say that the majority of people, if I had to pick an answer, the majority of people need to be addressing physical self-care So that is, that's just, and that sometimes physical care is making sure that you're brushing your teeth and you're eating regular meals and you're showering at least a couple times a week, right? Like that sometimes that's the most you can do, but it's, it's like kind of figuring out what you have to do to make sure that you are functioning at, you know, you can get up and go to class and, and you're able to move about in the world and do what you need to do. What are the things that you have to do? I would say that physical is really, really important. I would say that for some students, I I would say that every student social is going to be really important. And I kind of want to have, I kind of want to lump social and spiritual in together because I think that mm, those two things can go hand in hand. They can really support each other. So, but I would say that social for sure needs to be managed, um, especially for college students. And I'm gonna lump these two together, emotional and intellectual, because I think that one is directly, really directly related to the other, to be honest. I think whatever you're, if you're tending to yourself emotionally, you are kind of unintentionally handling the intellectual. And if you're you're dealing with the intellectual, you're kind of unintentionally handling the emotional because both are so intertwined. Sometimes people have a hard, you know, if you're thinking something, it's immediately followed by an emotion. Or if you're feeling something, you're most likely, you're kind of in that cycle of emotion and, and, and thought, cognition. So I would say that those two areas really need to be tended to or and doing one is going to help you do the other.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that like to your point, like parents knowing how to engage their student or knowing if if my student is not taking care of this area, then like all of these other things are going to fall out of place as well feels really important yeah. for how we start to engage a conversation on wellness with our students.
2: Yeah. And I want to, I, I want to kind of come in behind that and say that the expectation, at least from, from, from my perspective is that things won't fall apart. It's that they will. And that, that is just more information on on kind of self-care and what's, what needs to happen and how to adjust the course moving forward. Every single human being, no matter the their age, is going to cycle through things being together and then things kind of falling apart. And it's not the expectation, hopefully for parents, is not that their students are going to hold it together. It's that their students are going to drop some balls and they're going to have some breakdowns and things are not going to go well for them um, at some point in their college experience and in their life. And that... Our job is not to protect our students students in general from from tripping and falling. It's to kind of walk with them through that and and remind them that that's part of their process of just being a human being.
1: That's really good. That's I like that. And we're not something. I, I like that you listed five because I don't, and maybe you can correct me. I, I feel like as you go through time, certain aspects of the wheel become more salient, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Maybe the wheel is lumpy. Sometimes that's what I would say. Absolutely. Like at some point, different parts of the wheel stick up or down.
2: One hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. It's never going to be a perfect circle. And the pie, if it's, you think about it as a pie chart, some some places are going to have more than, than attention and and or need than others mm-hmm. at, at different times in our lives and different even just seasons. Right, like fall to fall to winter to spring.
1: As we begin to wrap this up, uh, we just want to thank Hannah again for taking the time to be our guest on this show. And people listening at home, if you want to learn more, check out our College Parent Podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We hope you all have a great day. We'll see you next time.